Mark Zito and Ryan Sampson. I'm Mark Zito. I'm Ryan Sampson. And this is happening. Ryan, your voice is back to normal. It, it's a little back. There's still some scratches there. Like, it's not 100%. Yeah. It's well, close. I mean, it sounds a lot better than it did last week. Okay, good. Sounds a lot, a lot uh, better. Um, right, well, um... You doing okay over there? I'm okay. I just All right. I just feel like so uh some may have heard as I think everyone heard it trended in the United States uh very high. I think like number 1 both Fez uh Fez from Ron and Fez where I got my first um full-time radio job uh passed away over the weekend. And it's kind of odd for me. I mean, look, I haven't, I haven't seen the man in a couple of years, but he, he left a a large mark on my life for, yes, just a lot of reasons. And I don't always know that it was the most positive one. At times, no. Uh, I don't want to start off this with that. That's not, yeah, it's not what I'm trying to say. Here. No, but when you say some, when you when you when you when you say that this is somebody who's left a mark on your life, like I remember you at that time, and and it was uh, it was an odd time. Well, it was an odd situation. Um, like I, I just like I, I, it, it's weird because, you know, I said this, I said this to the Bennington family, and I think it's what. Um, like I I I kind of think the most about this whole thing is I worked for Ron and Fez and and if you listen to clips from that time I just spent pretty much every day just getting fucking hammered just not I don't mean <laughs> drunk I mean like get, just getting ripped on. ripped on and and there's reasons for that that are both in my control and reasons for that that were out of my control on on some level it was the most formative experience that's ever happened to me and was really good it was really really good because i came out of college thinking i was like total hot shit right and i needed people who were really good at what they did to be like you might be good but you're not good yet and uh that happened to me there but the most amazing thing to me that happened there was that I got to work with both um, Ron and Fez because like, and I, this is what I said to the Benningtons where for me going from listening to that show, which is as that, that show, there's no um, definitive radio show rankings. There's no, like there are shows everyone knows. Sure. Howard Stern, Opie and Anthony. And I think for a lot of people, the Ron and Fez show is on that list. Okay. That was a very uh, well-known and very popular show. And, and consequently, I remember that when I went to work there, it was like, I remember one day I was listening and the next day it was like I was in the huddle with the 96 Bulls. <laughs> and I was fucking looking around like, holy shit. Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen are my teammates now. Right I used here, to watch yeah. them on TV. Mm-hmm. And then all your dreams. No, 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 no. It's not that. It's no? in my dreams, Scottie Pippen fucking screamed at me a lot. In reality, is what ended up <laughs> happening. But the thing is now, it, 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 as you get and and when I worked for that show, I I, I wasn't happy. But the no. thing is, is is time heals a lot of that stuff. And and I guess what I'm saying is 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 I posted this on Instagram and it's the most it's the thing that I could say most is like those two guys took a chance on me and they didn't have to and they did and it got me to where I am now and I realize I'm not I'm not trying to make the death of Fez about me but more on some level to thank that man because without that man Ryan I don't think I work at SiriusXM. That's fair. If I don't work at SiriusXM, I probably don't ha- meet Sarah. If I don't meet Sarah, I don't have Simone. So it's very butterfly effecty. But I, yet, what? I didn't realize he was that in, in in influential in getting you hired. 
Well, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, on my first day ever, did Fez say that I wasn't his choice? Yes. <laughs> but that was Fez. Fez was very honest. I, uh-huh. I mean, the thing I want to tell you about Fez is how that man could commit to a bit in radio like I've never seen anyone do ever. <laughs> I mean, you. I think that you worked at SiriusXM before, you know, obviously before I did, and you would see Ron and Fez around, and you would see Fez. I worked Fez, there before they did, and you would see Fez doing Fez stuff, right? Yeah, and Fez would commit to a bit. Um, so one month, right? The black and white beard was always the the most fun. I never understood what that was about. What did he do with the black and it, white beard? It was like one half was white and one half was black. What, like down the middle? Yeah, I don't recall. I don't think I was there then. Oh yeah, I remember that. But okay, so I wanna like I wanna I wanna pay pay, pay tribute to to somebody who is a very special man to to, to a lot of people, and I can I can point to nothing else than I have never seen a performer like him. He would fucking just go for it. This is no bullshit. This is true. Like so, I remember there was a month where Ron Ron had grand jury duty. Now I feel okay. like any normal person would be like I have grand jury duty, you know. I can't you can't get out of grand jury duty. Right. You got to um he so the Ron and Fez show at the time was on from noon to 3 or I think it was from 11 to 3. So Ron would get to Sirius XM at 2 p.m. after doing grand jury shit like all day, which has to be horrible. It's got to be like, you know, like all these terrible crimes and and whatever, right? And so we would do the show live from 2 to 3. And then Ron would say, hey, just keep the phones open. We're going to, you know, just keep calling. And it was near the end of that run that I finally started to get on the air. Because when I first started there, um, I uh, basically what happened was, so my first, I didn't think I was going to tell this story. This is not the, this is more just, I don't know what I want to say, man. Yeah, I don't know what you're, I don't know what you're getting at here. I, I. do you just want to play it and then we can talk no, about no, it no, afterwards? No, I'm, I'm not even going to that. I'm talking about like my whole experience with the show. Okay. Like, like in the sense that like, I, I, I don't know. It's just, I feel weird. The, the finality of, of, of death is so terrible that I just feel kind of weird. I, I feel horrible. And also I, I just like am trying to remember all these funny things that happened that at the time may have been on some level, like a, I think a normal person who's not me, who didn't listen to the Opie and Anthony channel, who didn't listen to ONA, who didn't listen to Ron and Fez, would look at these things that happened and hear these clips and be like, what the fuck? <laughs> and I, it was just such a crazy circus time. And I don't even think I worked for the show when it was the true, like the real wild, wild West days. Right, like, right. And this, it was still just the wildest shit I've ever been a part of. And that okay. man was at the center of it. And, and like, the biggest thing I can point to was when I was in college, when I was an intern at SiriusXM, Ron and Fez, I hosted a show that was on at midnight on Saturdays, all right? And I was like, hey, do you want to come on my show? And they both fucking came. Yeah. Like, think about it. Like, like that guy. At midnight showed, on a Saturday. They came in midnight on a Saturday. Nobody does that. No one does that. Yeah. And Ron did that. And Fez did that. He, he, like, like no matter how much I was kind of not the right producer for Fez in the end, <laughs> I, I'll never forget that that man did that for me. And it's still to this day, one of the coolest things that ever, it was like. Like, Fez Watley was a myth. Like, the whole thing was, is he, at the time, is is Fez really gay? Is this a character? What's happening? Is he really committed for the bit? He really committed to the bit. But, like, the the fucking, the, the, the idea that these two, like, again, my heroes of radio came in at midnight on a Saturday when I was 21 years old. And did my show with me, and may I say, blew me out of the fucking water. <laughs> They've done it a little bit more than you. I just, that that stuck with me in my career more than anything else they've done 
in the sense that I've been like, anytime there's somebody younger than me or something that's like, hey, can you? I'm just like, oh, fuck. I mean, if those guys can do that at midnight on the fucking weekend. <laughs> Like I mean, have you or ever they, heard or of they really like did that? see you as a target? They're like, oh, this is the most fun we can have on a no, Saturday night. No, I really don't think it was. I, I don't think, think it was I think either. Now, if, if you're if we're really getting down to it, I think at the time, Eastside Dave, who was their producer and who's crazy and fun in his own right, um, I think he had a Saturday show that he would frequently invite them on, and they'd never go. So I think it was very funny to them. Got to, to it. Fucking completely ignore his show. Yep. And yep. come on mine. But I also think that's hilarious. This is all to say that Fez, Fez passed away, and and it's I I feel like every time I saw like when we worked on the show, I feel bad. I guess that any there was more to it than what was on the air. I guess, and any clip anyone's always like, "What didn't didn't you not like that guy? All you guys ever did was scream at each other." <laughs> And it's like, no, it was all, it's all fucking pro re- I mean, it's real, uh, but it's... I see, that's the thing, is is from the outside watching this, when you were going through it, you you watched The Sopranos, didn't you? Yeah. You know, in the last season, where where uh, Janice and Bobby and, and Tony and Carmela, they take the camping trip, and, and Tony and Bobby get in a fight, and he just looks at him, he's like, you Sopranos, you take it too far. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's how I always felt. Like, it's sort of like when you do a radio show with 90% of shows, it's a show. But over there, it, it, it you take it a little too far. Well, I, I think that's how I always felt when I saw you going through it. I'm like, you guys realize that this is a show, right? This isn't real life. It is real life, though. No. But that's the thing. That's what made that show so special. You could turn in, you could tune into, like, people like to act like, oh, Howard Stern with his staff. Who knows what's going to happen? And let me tell you, the Howard Stern show is motherfucking legendary. And it's great. And it's the biggest radio show of all time. But if you've never heard Ron and Fez, you could hear some shit on that show that you will never hear again and you had never heard heard before one day and the thing is these i don't want these stories to come across as i'm trying to tell stories of a ridiculous man i want you to know who he was i want you to know who i knew because that's the way through which i see this and it was just some shit where i'd be like i can't believe this is happening but it was really happening ryan one day fez told us that his cat could say the word cookie. <laughs> could his cat say the word cookie? Ron said, I want to see this. We of fucking course. brought a cat into Sirius XM. Uh-huh. For two hours, I believe, and 37 minutes. Not counting commercials. We just tried to get the cat to say cookie on the radio. That was the show. <laughs> the fucking cat did not want to be anywhere near Fez. Yeah. Um... The the cat was climbing around the studio. He was cl- Fez would go and get him under the table because there's these big consoles at SiriusXM where you do the radio shows, and he like went under the table. So Fez was crawling under the table, would retrieve the cat. The cat was clawing the shit out of him. I think it ripped his shirt at one point. I and mean, he he's was scared. Just, and the cat's name was Skippy. Skippy. And he was just like Skippy Cookie, Cookie. Skippy. We did so for two to- and a half hours. How did you wait? How did you? I, I mean, like, is it fair if he's hiding under the console? Maybe he said cookie when he was under the console no, and you guys didn't, didn't have him. We had right. the mics all turned up. We tried to get that cat to say cookie, Ryan. <laughs> Another time. So so the, the, the jury duty time. Um, the, 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 by the way, the last time I saw Fez, it was, it was actually very lovely. I saw him in 2018 and he... he he said, Marky, so good to see you. And he kissed me on both cheeks. And I was just like, that was nice. Like, nice. I was just like, all right. I, I, um, so the jury duty time. At the end of jury duty, Ron decides that Fez needs a shakeup in the last show. Okay. He needs, you know what? Maybe playing the Fez character is not getting Fez where he needs to be. Because Fez was, you know, going through some stuff a little bit on the air then. Yeah. And, um, it- what? No, go ahead. And uh, so Ron says, you know what? On Monday when we're back live, when we're back live for all four hours, the D-man's coming in. 
And he clearly had not told Fez about this at all. He's just like, the D-man is showing up. (laughs) Now, the D-man, it turned out, I don't know if they discussed this, but the D-man was like, he was a cool dude. He was a biker man. Okay. Do we know, did he know the D-man or is this just a mystery? Just like... No, Fez is going to be the D-Man. Oh, Fez is going to be the D-Man. There gotcha. is no, in, in this scenario, apparently, He's there's, create a character. there's going to be no more Fez that's going to be Ron and D-Man. Oh, boy. Now, so I, as a producer, I'm like, all right, we're going to need, Ron uses this thing called a 360 machine where they would always play sounds. Ron and Fez would each have their own uh, replay machines. You replay what we call drops, like sounds. And I actually came to see you guys on the mashup. And I said, all right, D-Man's got to be cool. So I had Stanley T record this big thing that was like, D-Man in the house! And then I had Nicole record, D-Man, do it again. All right? Because oh. like, like, we were like, D-Man's going to be cool as shit. Fez walks into the office. Now, you would think fucking he would just walk in and be like, hey, guys, you know, like normal day. Fez shows up. He's got his hair completely slicked back. Okay. He's got a mustache, which he has dyed black. He is wearing blue jeans, a white shirt, and a leather jacket, and he has, I believe, a pack of cigarettes rolled up in his sleeve like he's Danny Zuko. <laughs> like it's 1950 and he's the Fonz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he puts his hands out and he's like, hey, it's a D-man. Nice to meet you. And I'm looking at Chris Stanley because he he had been around long and Chris is just like, hey, what's up, D-Man? And I was like, all right, this is what we're doing. I was like, hello, D-Man. Nice to meet you. And I'm he's just a method at, actor. He's fucking what I'm telling you is this man committed to a bit and it was wonderful. <laughs> so the thing that always made me laugh and what has made me laugh years later is... um. I like, and I for some. I know this is a weird. Re- I, I, I'm. I, I want to be clear to everyone. Like I'm. I'm. I'm bringing you through how I processed Fez passing away. I don't like. I know this makes little sense. Right. But like, I'm. I, like Ryan, if you want to ask me questions to try and make sense, like you know more of this than the average person from my perspective. Yeah. I, yeah. I, but, but I just listened to old clips of Fez, and he fucking made me laugh. This is, I want to play you, Fez used to get calls because this was before Fez came out, but the whole, I don't want to say joke, but the whole thing was, is Fez gay or not? So people would call in and ask Fez, what does cum taste like? Oh boy. So this is the first time the D-man's taking calls. I want to play something. Ready? I'm going to play it. I said ready and you didn't say anything, so. Oh, no, no, silence is consent. No, no, it's not, by the way. That should not be the lesson anyone takes away from this show ever. (laughs) Uh, Nate, you're on the Run of Fez show. D-Man! D-Man right here, D-Man in the house! D-Man in the house! (laughs) What's cum taste like? His question is, what does cum taste like? Oh, man, I have no idea, unless, of course, you slipped me some sort of roofie and you were... your way with the D-Man, my friend. If that's your fantasy, enjoy. The, oh, the, the D-Man could stand for dream then, I big th- boy. I think that we should have like a very quiet D-Man in the house for when it doesn't quite get over. Um, I, that's somewhat of a comeback, I think. Slip me a roofie and fuck me in the mouth. Yeah, and then I wake up with cum taste in my mouth. <laughs> All right, D-Man is not actually going to be working the roast yet. There's no doubt about that. But he is here, and he's glad to be here. Here's John. John, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, I'd like to ask D-Man what his favorite sexual position with the ladies is. Now, would you ask that of a a man? It's a very strange question, John. Make sure I don't hang out in any bars with you. If this is what you're asking sober... Next thing, you, next thing you know, you're going to be fondling me. After roofing you and fucking you in the mouth and then coming in it. <laughs> I don't know why. This has made me laugh fucking, oh, like a hundred times the past two days. Okay. I don't know why it's so funny. <laughs> but what is fantastic is that day, Ron decides with Fez, he's like, I don't think D-Man's working. 
They come up with another dude. I believe the next day was Max Anderson Williams. And then the day after that was Reginald the Florist. Okay. We do 21 straight characters. Every day I have to come down to your studio and get Stanley T. Because now we've done it the first day. Now Now it's a thing. Now I think it's fucking funny to get the same drops made. For each thing, where it's just like, oh, Reginald the Florist, do it again. Reginald the Florist in the house, all that shit. But what I want to tell you about Fez is he so wanted these bits to work that every fucking day, for three weeks, he would come in dressed completely different, introduce himself to us, and we would act like we never met for every day. For three, for nearly a month. I mean, he's a method actor. I, and I just think that I've never seen anything like that. I've never been a part of anything like that. <laughs> I, don't, I always felt bad for him. Why? Well, because you like, like you'd hear that the guy had troubles, right? Mm-hmm. And that, and that, you know, that he had things going on in his life. But then like the whole, the whole show was just sort of like to make fun of him. No. I dude, I don't know. Like, I guess I, from the outside, I always felt bad for him, and just like everybody was taking advantage of this poor guy. I, I think that's just another. I think at times that's what the show became, just because you know Ron Fez was going through it on a lot of, and and that's why that's why I've always, on some level, struggled with my experience on the Ron and Fez show because yeah. oftentimes. In order to get over, like, like I would be told, like, hey, we got to get Fez involved today, and we would have to get in a fight. But Fez was such a great, was everything had to be real to Fez. But that does, I mean, like, that takes a toll on you. Of certainly. But absolutely, but, I mean, like, abs- I can't imagine that, that, like, all of that didn't, like, somehow contribute to the, to the overall stress in his life. Yeah, of course. But, I mean, it, 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 it contributed to my stress as well. Like, no, but I mean, insofar as like what doomed him. I don't know. I, I think I think in the end, like he he just like he I I I don't want to. And I wasn't on the inside. I don't know. I mean, this is just somebody who is who is very on the outside watching. You I know, think, it's just he I was think... he was somebody. I'll tell you from my experience. I I would speak to Fez every day. Five words. He was always the most cordial uh, human being who was a, a little aloof. But but was like every day, you know, you could count on him to be nice to you. He was a wonderful man. He he was a wonderful man until he was yelling at me. He was always so sweet <laughs> until he wasn't. But that's everyone. You know what I mean? And and as far as if the show was was making fun of him, it's because he was he wanted to do right by Ron and Ron wanted to do right by him, in my opinion, in the sense that like. Fez was going through it, and, and I think a lot of other partners would have been like, Fez, I got to fucking move on. But Ron was like, this is the Ron and Fez show, and we're going to try everything we can to make this work. And that's what he did. And I happened to work there during that time in the sense that I, I – and what I realized ultimately was I just um, – Fez had a lot of love in his life, like as far as – he had millions of people all across the country who who cared about him and listened to him every day, as well as his own family and friends. And I hope, I hope that he really knew that because whenever he was unhappy, you know, people would call him and be like, "Fez, look at all you got to be happy about." And I hope he really knew that. And and more than and people always say like, "Oh, I hope he found peace or or whatever comes yeah. in the afterlife." And and more than with a lot of people. I really hope Fez did because uh, he had some incredible experiences on this earth and I I I hope that he finds the the happy I hope that he found the peace that he deserves. Well, I'm I'm very sorry to uh to you and to that to that family that all worked together over there for uh for your loss cuz he was he was there was I can't say, you know, personally he was he was never anything but amazing to me. And, and and when push and I it's it's weird because you know we did used to fight so much but the last time I saw him and he really was just like hey Mark and I was like hey and like we chatted and it was nice and I just felt 
such relief. Like, like I, I don't know. Like, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that every interaction I had with him and working on that show was wonderful. But, but th- what I what I came back to is in large part because of that man. I became a better person, and I met. You know, if I never got that job, I don't have the life I have now. And so, and it was like working with a myth because I, I still every day was like, this is crazy. I can't believe I'm here, <laughs> and I'm really sad uh, that he's gone. And um, anyway, we don't really take breaks anymore because this is a podcast. But seems um, like maybe an appropriate time, though. We're gonna take a break. And welcome back. Um, <laughs> Jesus, that was a good break. I mean, like you used to be, you know, we could play a music or something, but now we just got to be like, okay, we're back. We just uh, well, that's where uh, if they ever sell ads on the show, that's where I'll put the ad. Okay, will, yeah, that that'll be where that goes. Um, that's so this weekend, Mark. I went out to uh, a winery. Yeah, and I saw a concert in a park. Yeah, and I got like so. I, I like by the end of the second. So the concert in the park was on Friday night. The winery I did on Saturday afternoon. By the time I was done on at the winery on Saturday, I was so triggered and so like, what the fuck that it, it started Friday night. And why? And, and here's the question, right? Mm-hmm. Why are we relegated to our parents music? What are you talking about? When is the last time you were in a bar? A beer garden, a winery, a park, a whatever. There's a cover band, right? Mm -hmm. And they played a song post 2000. Post 2000. I mean, here and there, but that's not exactly music. Here and there, when you see a fucking unicorn, you're right. You're like, why are you so mad about this? Because I just realized that we've been my entire life, dude. Every time I go to every time I go to a bar, every time I go to whatever and I see a live band, if someone's like, hey, do you want to go see live music tonight? I'll be like, yeah, that sounds great. Let's go have a couple drinks, you know, somewhere outdoor where there's a bar. I know it's going to be my parents music. Okay. First of all, I know it does, every song this band is going to play is going to be fucking older than me. You are so mad about this. It's oh very my weird. God. It just seems like such a strange thing to get mad at. First of all, I don't know who's going to see a cover band like for fun. If a cover well, not for band, fun, but if you if, if there's a, cover a choice, band be- happens to be there, it's great. It's not. Yeah. It should not be the fucking main attraction. No, but if there's a choice between two bars and one has live music and one doesn't, most of the time people are like, let's go where there's the band. Well, I think it also comes down to quality of today's music or at least the instrumentation that's popular. How the fuck are you no. supposed to cover a marshmallow track? All right, you might not be able to cover a marshmallow track, but I think there is absolutely plenty of things. Like plenty of, because they it's not like they have like a whole repertoire of classic rock they're playing. It's the same goddamn 50 songs. What songs are there? All right, so this is this is I wrote down some of the songs that I remember getting played uh, when I saw. Right, okay. there was uh, now there was one band, the Winery Band, was really heavy on the Johnny Cash. Johnny Cash, yeah. Well, how old are the guys in the band? They were. Um, I'd give them. It was. I'd give them mid to late fifties. Okay. Well, there you go. All right, but the but the but the other band, the one in the park, which was the heavier rock, these were whole lot of love. Led Zeppelin, you got to get it, like his fucking boomers love Zeppelin. And where where were you seeing this band? They played the the park, in and so like the my town has a park, and on weekend nights they'll have bands come, and so like they're free concerts in the park. But I park my boat out on the water, which a lot of people do. They're fucking concerts for old people, Ryan. That's why they're playing that shit. No, but but it's the same thing. It's this. I mean, like this is a band that plays in a bar. That if I had gone to see them at a bar, they'd be doing the exact same thing. And it would also be for old people. But there are no. But where the hell are the the, the where? All right, what's th- there's the question. Play? Whole lot of love. Whole lot of love. Led Zeppelin, right? Take another piece of my heart. You got to get Janis Joplin in there. Okay. Uh, Baba O'Reilly. Baba. I think that's Bob O'Reilly, whatever the hell the song is, the Who song. Great song. Pinball Wizard. Also by the Who, yes. Uh, Magic Man. Don't know, don't even know that song. Heart. Okay. Not in By Magic Man. And those, those, those are the ones I saw. I didn't see the whole thing. But here's the thing. Could you actually see these dudes? Yeah. 
How old were they? Same thing. Mid-50s. But, dude, maybe I'm just wrong. Maybe I go to the wrong places. But, like, are cover bands going to die with the boomers? Because we got about 15 years left. I think it's I think it's the cover bands you're seeing are going to die with the boomers. Where 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 have you seen a cover band that's singing a Miley Cyrus song a or singing bar a for ju- young people? Not a goddamn pull your boat up festival. Where Dude, like, I still like I still haven't I don't see it anywhere. Maybe maybe I'm just go maybe it's just something I've noticed during the pandemic and I'm out here in the country and I'm but it's every time I go see a a band it's the same fucking songs. Yeah, but first of all, you're seeing shitty cover bands that are, have guys that are over 50 in them. What They're going to play what they like. What do you That's, think I, they like? I understand that. I get it. You're right. I, yeah. I agree with you. But where is the like... Am I am I just missing it? Like, like did, did, did your generation not start bands? Are there no are there no millennial or Gen Z cover bands? Bro, my generation bought crypto. We didn't have to start bands. <laughs> but you get what I'm saying? Yeah, I get so it. So in fifteen years, in fifteen years, when all these guys die or are too old to pick up a guitar, I don't know if it'd be the worst thing if a cover band died. As I've often said, every cover band should step up to the mic and say, "Well, things didn't turn out how I thought." Uh, absolutely. So, so the idea, like, like who if there if there were no more cover bands, I can honestly tell you, I don't think I'd give a shit. Like what, what? If anything, if anything, when you start dealing with a cover band, you're like, "What am I gonna get?" It's a real grab bag. Where it, like, anytime it there's is. live live music at a restaurant, oftentimes makes me not want to go to the restaurant. Everyone acts like one of the sticking points of Austin, Texas, and Nashville is there's live music coming out of every bar. I would be more likely to go to a bar that didn't have that. Sometimes it's like, "Shut the fuck up!" It's yeah. very loud. Yeah, well, no, that's how I feel when I go into places and they're certainly playing originals sometimes. So would you be sad if the cover band went away? Uh, I think eventually, yeah. I wouldn't be. I, I mean, would... like, I, it's 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 fun to, to go and sit somewhere outside and drink and have music playing. I would just like to hear a song that was made after the year 2000. And I don't think that that's insane to say. I just feel, anytime I'm watching a cover band, I feel like I'm watching adults play pretend it's true. I just. I mean, I'm there's just definitely. Like, you're right. Doing? There's a wisp of sadness in every single one. It's like I wanted to be a rock star, but I sell insurance and do this on the weekends. Which is fu- if by which by the way, there's no shame in that. No, it's as long as you're like having fun and and doing what you want to do. There's nothing wrong with it at all. And their but, argument. Sorry, go ahead. No, but I, I I and maybe and again, this is this is I'm asking the question. But like, did did my generation? Did your generation? Does Gen Z? Are they're just like, is it gonna die with the boomers? Maybe, maybe. But as I'm saying, I don't because I don't think anyone in my generation would really give a shit. I I think that they say that now, but when it's gone, I think it's something that you would want. Cover bands top. I'm going to I mean, top here's cover the deal, band dude. song. Yeah, I looked up this top cover band song thing and and you'll see that there'll there'll be songs in there that they list that are from the post 2000s, but you tell me where you've been that you've heard, heard that. I've heard a band play Uptown Funk. I've heard a band play Uptown Funk. There are there are there are some exceptions. And in the exception that I thought of is is uh Chicken Fried and Toes from Zach Brown. Okay. Are the only two songs that you can almost count on a cover band playing that are new. Okay, so with that being the with that being said, think about how many songs came out in the '60s, '70s, and '80s, right? Think about like how like hundreds of thousands of songs. I mean, no, no less. No, I'd say there's more coming out now. But no, but what I'm going with is think about how popular a song has to get for it to make sense for a cover band to play, because realistically, a cover band is trying to play a song that every single person will know. Right. So a song has to be monumentally popular, and perhaps you are just too close, like you haven't given it enough time to breathe. But No, but that's what I'm saying. I, you know, I've given it plenty of time to breathe. Every song you hear a band play is older than me. Because those songs have had time to get known by no. everyone. No, there is no reason why Sexy Back right now couldn't be played by a band. Other than that it would suck. <laughs> that song in particular. I mean, like, I think I think Metro Station Shake It, right? That's not even a popular song. But it but yeah, it is actually. No, it's not. 
metro station shake it if but it's, I ask- it's one that's lived on it's it has a life it gets used in commercials it gets used in like it, it you still in like you know for for sports bumpers you hear it a lot ryan that song I'm gonna look at the U.S. I'm just Hot saying 100. it's familiar. That would, would the, it peaked. You're right. At 10. It's not. It doesn't have the huge chart position. But I'm telling you, it's a familiar song that's known wide. So, but I, I'm saying like, maybe ten years from now somebody would play that because because I aren't all cover bands kind of like oldies bands realistically? Net, but DBC. But I think that's. I think that this is an accident. They weren't always oldies bands. When the guys started these bands, when they started, like they were playing these songs contemporaneous, or like you know, as contemporaries, as as currents. Well, that's also because I feel like in like the sixties and shit, people would like release a song, like Tom Jones would release a song, and then like the 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 Eagles would release it two years later, like it sure. was a totally different fucking song, and it was the same thing. Right, but but still, like like I just. It, dude, so it's gonna it's gonna be a pro or what's gonna happen? Like, are the because they're it, you're right. The guys in the bands are old. Like, they're going to the retirement home soon. So, who's replacing it? And is it really gonna be? There's no live music at bars. I I think it's also because there's not a lot of reason to do. Like, it's a lot of work to be in a cover band. Think about it. You got to learn all these songs. You have to learn hundreds of songs. Let's say you don't have to learn hundreds. Or I mean, 100. you really need to learn fifteen. 15, so if you're going to be a cover band, you don't like play a set like, okay, thank you. We've played 45 minutes. Bye. You got to you gotta play for hours. But I'm saying start now. You really just need to like, like I think 15 to 25 songs for your first gig as a cover band will probably, your first few gigs will get you through and you expand as you go. I don't think you need 500 songs the first time you play. Yeah, but but where I'm going with this is it, it's so much effort for very little payoff. Like, you don't really get paid by the bar. You have to load in and out all your shit. Like, if somebody was like, hey, play for three hours, you get free drinks. I'd, I'd say that's kind of a shitty deal. But also, if you're the bar owner in that scenario, it's like, well, no one's coming. Um, no one's coming to, uh, d- d- more times than not, to, to the bar to see the cover band. I do. I disagree. I think that I think that bars. I don't think that they're going to be like, "Yo, dude, Tuesday surprise is playing tonight at the at the at, you know at the at McClary's." Like, I don't think that they're going to see the cover band. But if if it's a choice between a place with a band and a place without a band, and you're going drinking, most people are going to choose the band. I guess. And 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 I just like I was more like how many songs are left on the table that these bands aren't playing from the last twenty years. So what name name besides Metro Station Shake It? What Amy Winehouse Rehab? Uh, first of all, out of all the songs, that's what you fucking pick. Why they- it's 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 a fun song. It's it's memorable. It, it's easy. Like I would imagine that a band could pick it up and learn it. I would just imagine that if I'm a band that predominantly plays in bars, rehab is not going to be the first song that I go with. <laughs> what about what about Wrecking Ball? Okay, Wrecking Ball. I'll give you Miley Cyrus Wrecking Ball. Right? Uh Pink Get the Party Started. Okay. Sure. You've never uh, heard a cover band play this like the like, wedding bands are basically cover bands. They play this shit. Yeah, and maybe if you're a wedding, but but I really sort of feel like wedding bands are for rich New York City people and everyone else in the country gets a DJ. I don't know. I've seen bands and a lot of shit. In fact, I I I've seen more I've seen more DJs in New York weddings than I have bands. It's more I see bands at 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 weddings outside the city. What about what about any any green? We just saw Green Day. How great were they live? Why don't you hear a band play Longview? Why don't you hear a band play Paradise? I'm sure you could, and they'll would. play Paradise City, all right. But here's the other thing: you're Green not, Day's, I, like you said, it hasn't had enough time to breathe. Green Day's had plenty of time to breathe. I think you're going to the wrong bars because I think if you went to a college campus, there's cover bands that play songs that probably, you know, are I mean current. And and maybe that's it, but dude, I don't know. I I'm I'm more worried that like it, there's just nothing coming through the pipe. I don't know. You don't think a band could do a version of Miss Jackson? I'm sure they could. That song is and, fucking however that song's right. nearly twenty years old. Right. That's what I'm saying. That's an oldie now, and we can't even get bands to play current oldies. 
Since you've been gone, Kelly Clarkson, since you've been gone. This why just isn't... seems like, well, I have a question. Did you did you think to ask the band, have you looked? It seems like your, your sample size is two on this. Like, <laughs> no, and it's, like... it's, it's, that's sample size this weekend. Like, over time, it's all you hear. I just, you seem angry about this on a level that I just could not fathom even caring, like, about. Like, you're just, you're so mad. I want to be like, I don't know, I guess. Like, I don't need a cover band. I don't need, just play me the real thing. It's like generic brand soda. Give me Diet Coke instead. I'm just saying I would do anything to walk into a bar and to see and have a band playing or walk into a beer garden, an outdoor beer garden with picnic tables and people hanging out everywhere and see you do crazy in love rather than, you know, like another freaking Rolling Stones song. You could fix this problem. I could start a band? Yes. Why don't you did pick up the acoustic? Play whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> I don't think you want me. Singing. I mean, Ryan, think about the effort involved in this shit. You got to load the gear. You got to get a van. You got to find dudes. You got to rehearse. You got for what? For shitty money? They probably play those songs because everyone knows them. And musicians that have grown up learning to play and are easy to put together can just start playing them all together because they all kind of know them on their own respective instrument. Another oldie, but you don't think by now that your grandmother knows Gnarls Barkley? I'm sure she does. How many times has she been walking up and down the aisle of Home Goods and heard it? I've literally heard a cover band play that song. Again, you heard an outdoor band at a winery and an outdoor band where you drove up with your boat. Those are the types of things that old people bring fucking beach chairs to and sit there. And it's the type of thing where anytime there's like a gazebo in the middle of town and there's a concert going on, I'm always like, who the fuck goes to this? It's old people and you. No, no, no. The winery, I will tell you, the winery was was definitely, I was, uh, I was on, like, it was not old. It was a mixed crowd, but, but, the, but the younger end of this was much stronger. There was a bachelorette party there. There was, like, it was, it, there was lots of people on dates. It was a much younger crowd. Were people paying attention to the cover band? No, definitely background. That's it doesn't matter. It It still doesn't matter. Noise that you just—it's just because silence is weird. That's what you really realize in most situations. Silence is weird. Consequently, you just need to have some shit playing. Yes, silence is weird, but in the absence of silence, I would like something that's not my parents' music. All right, so here, give me. Here's what I want to hear. I want you to, to to name me a name your cover band, and then give me your ten song set with only songs from the t- uh, sh- made after the year two thousand. I have to do this right now. Yes, you're, you're going up there, Ryan. You got a band, and they know any song, but they need you to oh, get God. this party going. First of all, you got to name the band. Oh God. Okay, the band is going to be called. I got to think of something like like really good. Uh, Bitcoin Exchange. Okay, Bitcoin Exchange. That's my band. That's my cover band. Bitcoin All right. Exchange. Bitcoin Exchange. Now, what are you opening with? Fallout Boy, Uma Thurman. Fallout Boy, Uma Thurman. Oh my God! It's not even the best Fallout Boy song. All right. All right. Then, then should we switch no, it to no, Centuries? No, no, no. This is this is your. Also, that's not a good one either. Centuries. It's, Which one? It's, uh, Sugar, we're going down. Either that or my songs. Know what you did in the dark. Jesus Christ! Not Uma Thurman or Centuries. Go on. All right, and then uh, let's do, how about uh, Kanye, Gold Digger? Okay, interesting. What's the racial makeup of your band? I, I don't know. I haven't. We, we Come on, you're giving me too many things to, to like come up with Seems like we're going with Broke Broke in these lyrics then. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay, and then we'll do uh, Britney Spears, Toxic. Okay. Yep. And then uh, Kelly Clarkson, Since You've Been Gone. Okay. And then Uptown Funk. All right. Okay. How many are we up to there? We're up to five. Five. Uh, let's do... Also, isn't Uptown Funk technically Mark Ronson featuring Bruno Mars? Yes, it is. You that are correct. Is some it is Mark bullshit. Ronson. I'm sorry to uh, Mark Ronson on that. That's five, so we got to do five more. Yeah. Uh, we haven't done any Coldplay. Okay. going to slow it down? Or are you going to... What are we going to... Mm. What Coldplay song? No, let's do Clocks. Okay. Clocks. Uh, how about um, the going to be hilarious when you can't even come up with 10. The Strokes. Okay. Last night. Okay. That's 2004, I believe. But okay. Yeah. Uh, what are we up to? We're up to seven. 
You can't uh, even think of ten fucking. No, songs. no, no. I've got. I only have to come up with two more. Three. Two more. Ah, uh, hey ya. Okay. Did okay. I say crazy in love? I said. I said it earlier. Did I actually say it on the list? No. Crazy in love. Yep. Shut it down with wrecking ball. Wrecking ball. Okay. All right. That was not hard. I just came up with ten songs okay, since the year two thousand. You didn't have to learn them. You just had to name them. Yeah, but mo- yeah, but most people know them. They're familiar songs. Like, like, why the hell isn't there a band that's been picked? Why do we have to listen to another Led Zeppelin cover? I mean, I've heard Paradise City before. I know what it sounds like. But the thing also, I think that that works because. I, I, you just have like old white dudes in these bands. That's why. That's really <laughs> I, what it is. I'm, I know. I'm asking for a new makeup. I'm asking for new comp- or a new composition. I'm asking for. I'm like, please, someone be inspired and take their place. Get them the fuck off stage. They've had their chance. Ugh. All right. All right. When when Bitcoin or learn stage- new songs, they stay as long as you want. Just learn new songs. Why don't you send a? Why don't you? Why don't you you next time request one of these songs from the band? Maybe they do know them. They just don't think the audience wants to hear them. If you work for a, a, a publishing, uh, a newspaper anywhere in the country, and you would let me on your op-ed page with this, I will gladly write it up. <laughs> if, you, if you're a magazine and you need some column space, let me know. I'll make, I'll make a strong written argument for it. I know I babble a little bit on the radio. It makes a strong written argument as opposed to this fucking 20-minute verbal mess that he's created, which is just sounds a lot of, I don't like Led Zeppelin anymore. Oh, God. Anyway, Ryan, we got a uh, couple minutes left. I want to talk about something uplifting? Sure, sure. After uh, Fez dying and then your, for some reason, your anger at cover bands, which honestly I would say is almost very Fez-like, but just... Well, I'll dedicate that to him then. Yes. Um, I mean, there's what? Afghanistan. Oh, Jesus. I, I, um, over the weekend, I really just like went down a real Ron and Fez rabbit hole. So I like did not pay any attention to any other news other than I saw like, uh, where I guess we're, are we like out of Afghanistan? We're leaving. We, yeah. I, I, we're leaving if we haven't already left. Yeah. We're packing up and going. I think we've packed up and left. How does that work? Very poorly. No, 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 no. I, I mean, like the process of physically like packing up a war and being like, like, do we take stuff home or do we just like leave the ammunition behind? Like, is that like a like when I work a music festival and we buy yeah. a mini fridge for the set, I always just leave the mini fridge. I can't ship that home. It would cost even more money and be more of a pain in the ass that I leave a mini fridge everywhere I go. This you seems like to, that, but way worse. You need to find like eBay partners. I don't want to do that. I did like that would be more work. The least amount of work is I buy the mini fridge, I schlep it to the middle of a fucking field, we put the drinks in it or whatever the broadcast crew is keeping in it, and then I leave it there. No, you need to find you need to find people that are like around different cities, like the ones you go to a lot, Miami, Chicago, LA, right? Yeah. And there's somebody that will like you could just send them a text and be like, Hey Judy, there's another mini fridge Judy. down here at the Coliseum parking lot. And Judy comes and picks it up and she sells it on eBay and then sends you, you know, 40% of it. One, I think that would be against the spirit of expensing the cost of the mini fridge to the company, which I do because it is for work purposes at the broadcast. But it's sort of like the fries that are getting thrown away at McDonald's, right? Yes and no. I feel like it's a bonus to whoever comes upon having to clean clean all our shit. You know, they're like... (laughs) Oh, wow, a free mini fridge. But what's interesting, and maybe I've just become desensitized desensitized to it because this has nothing to do with Afghanistan. No. Maybe I've just become desensitized to it in the sense that um, I... I like like people are always like, oh, are you just going to leave that? Can I have it? And I'm like, yeah, but you flew here, too. What the fuck are you going to do with a tiny fridge? <laughs> you know, you can rent them. You can't rent a mini fridge. I'm pretty sure you can. Why would I ever, though? Because you don't, you don't have to buy one and leave it behind. But it's, there's like $150. How much is it to rent one? Then I got to link up with somebody, get them, get that delivered. Then they got to pick it up as opposed to I just spend $150 and uh, leave the thing. Have you ever seen The Good Place? Yeah. You're definitely going to the bad place. Why am I going just to the like, bad place? Just your contribution to a landfill on mini fridges alone. Oh, that's fine. But I mean, I've done a lot of good as well. 
I've done good. Not in this scenario. But, like, <laughs> I mean, I just, I feel like the the whole idea is why would I save, um, like, like renting a mini fridge would be ridiculous. I would spend so much time doing that. This The way this goes, I just walk into a Walmart. I'm like, hey, can I have a fridge? And then I buy it and leave it there and I'm done. That's what the if whole you thing. like left the tags on it and returned it? What again? The amount of work related to that is not worth it. These music festivals end on Sunday evening. I just fucking take my shit and I leave and I fly home to my family. I don't want to be bogged down by. You know what I do this with too? It's incredibly wasteful. Printers. I'm incredibly wasteful. Printers. I do this with printers and also mini fridges. They are single-use items, as far as I'm concerned. Mark, there are there are radio hosts in New York that don't have printers, and you just go throwing them away all willy-nilly. Are you speaking of yourself? Yes. Okay. Well, here's the thing. I'm sorry that I haven't sent you a free printer, but they don't ship well. They're shitty and they break. <laughs> Pretty much, if you have an inkjet printer now, and I'm looking at mine as I say this, which I do think I did get at some event, but the like, they're useless. They suck. You need to have a laser printer, which is like, first of all, a thousand dollars, and the size of like fucking C3PO or R2D, whatever the R2D2, the circular one. Yeah, yeah, whatever. And and so, <laughs> the, 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 like, those are the only ones that are useful in your house. That, that what other the, things do you throw away all willy nilly like this? Um, like laptops? No, laptops. No. I would keep laptops and iPads. I keep sometimes TVs. I leave behind. Oh my god! What's the biggest TV you've ever left? You've like bought, used for six hours for an event, and then left behind. More than six hours, but probably like fifty-five to sixty-five inch television. <laughs> They're less expensive than you would think. They're and by the way, no. before anyone gets all hot and bothered and mad at me, they're really expensive to rent. Like, if you want to rent a TV for four days, I'm not even kidding. They'll be like, oh, that's $1,500. It's like, well, I can fucking buy one for $450. Yeah. Why would I do that? Yeah, you can get a 50-inch Vizio for 450 So that's where, that's what I do. So it's not that, I feel like, is very defensible, actually. And again, what am I going to do with a 55-inch television? I can't just start shipping those around. Like, I just leave their presents to people who help us out. Like, if somebody helps me out at the festival and then I know I'm going to have this. This has so little to do with Afghanistan. It's crazy that this is where we ended up. (laughs) I still think you need an eBay partner. You need to find someone who's a little shady in all your cities. And you need to be like, yo, listen leaving a tv here and then they put it like you just gift it if you're giving them away to gifts give it to them and then they can kick you back all right well i'll keep that in mind any thoughts before we get out of here we should have listened to gust (laughs) rest in peace big cat beer tomorrow bye